Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Are you ready for more TOC? Are you ready for more TOC? Come on and put your hands together for our guest preacher, Pastor David Martinez. Worship, come on, let's worship, let's worship. Come on, he's a way maker. That song wasn't for you, that song was for me. I said that song wasn't for you, that song was for me. Just before my brother Justin was singing, sang those notes, I was asking God for something. I said, God, I need you to turn this thing around. Y'all don't need to know what it is, mind y'all business. But he knows what it is. I said, God, I need you to overturn whatever decision man makes. I need you to turn this thing out in favor. I promise you, man, right there. said, I need, I need you. I need you to do something ridiculous. And it's almost like if God was responding through the mouth of the man of God. Letting me know, even though you don't see me, I'm working. I don't know if y'all know this. I'm coming down. Even in your lyrics, Pastor. You said favor ain't fair. <laughs> I said, all right, God. Thank you for letting me know you got your hand on it. See, and here's what you don't know. The prayer wasn't even for me. It's for somebody else. But I rejoice in the victories of others. And I felt like my time here was more you guys ministering to me than me ministering to you guys. From the, the Spanish service till right now. God just letting me know, take it easy. Hold up. I got you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God got you. God's got you. And even though you don't see him working, he's working. I don't sing like my brother over there, but he's a way maker. Oh, come on. Let me stop. Because y'all didn't even call me to preach. <laughs> y'all called me to preach, not to sing. Miracle work. Yeah, Lord. But aren't you glad that God answers prayers? Sometimes he'll take a while and sometimes he'll just respond. My God, thank you. Can you just take 30 seconds, just worship him right there. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. All right. Let's stop playing. Let's get to work. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 5, we worship you, Jesus. You never stop. You never stop working. I thank God. You know, I come, I come from, I come from, uh, you know, when I came to the Lord, I came from uh, Santeria. And so I, I, I worship quite a few statues. And so I thank God that God is not like a statue. He never stops working. 
Come on, somebody. And so uh, even when I don't see it and I don't feel it and I don't understand it, he is there operating in my favor. And that you should go to sleep knowing that God got you. That's somebody's word. That's not for everybody. That's not for everybody. For that one person that you, you, you stay up late at night saying, God, but how? And God said, don't even worry about it. Just go ahead and go to sleep. And I got you. All right, chapter John, chapter 5. Y'all ready for me? It says like this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonies. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. All who was there had been invalid, sorry, one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the waters is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man who was cured, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. My final verse is verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Amen, amen, and amen. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll speak under the theme, it's a good day for change. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Before I even go on preaching, baby, come over here. Let these people hear your voice. Just greet them. Come on, look. She is the syrup to my pancake. <laughs> the milk to my coffee. Come on. And uh, she's a worshiper all in her own right. Amen. But, and I felt like we've been here quite a few times. And, you know, go ahead and just, just, yeah, you're looking good, girl. I see you. We celebrate 23 years of marriage next week. We're this close to being empty nesters. <laughs> so. Blessings, church. Amen. We just thank God for allowing us the privilege of being here again. Amen. And we, I just want to let you guys know that I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys. Always love your pastors dearly. And um, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Amen. Amen. All right, girl. Bless you. Bless the Lord. That's my boo. My baby mama. <laughs> it's a good day for change. A preacher once said in a, in a sermon, to this day it resonates with me. He said, nothing changes if nothing changes. If I don't say anything else, that's worth everything right there. Nothing changes if nothing changes. 
It is astonishing to me how often many of us want change but will not be willing to change. We will say everything we want to change and yet not change. More astonishing to me is the fact that we will do anything, we will do just about other things that we, we will change everything else but the things that we really need to change. What do you mean, Pastor? We will change our style. We will change the color of our hair. We will change our furniture. Come on, where are those crazy women that always got to move their furniture around? Every time we walk into the house, we're like, what happened here? But we won't change our mind. We won't change our feelings. We won't change our friendships. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. For change to happen in our lives, we must be willing to enter and maintain in the process of change. I'm going to say that again. For change to happen, we not only have to declare it with our mouths, but we must also maintain ourselves in the process of change. And here's something very powerful. Change is painful. I'm going to say that one more time. Change is painful. More so for us because for us to change, it means that something has to die. I said in order for change to happen, something has to be forgotten. Something has to be let go. Well, I'm, I'm taking my time this, uh, this evening, aren't I? Something, something has to be released. Something, something has to die. And oftentimes, whatever we're releasing, letting go, and saying goodbye to hurts. It hurt for me to change direction or my address. It hurt for me to, to say on June 6, 2010, Goodbye to all my family and friends. See you. I'm out. And then move to a strange land where we knew no one, not one person, into a city we ain't never heard of, into a community that don't even want us. But God said, change. It hurt us to have to Follow along into God's process because God's process required me to release some things and some people and some attitude and some mindset. It can, I, can I be honest? It's easy to lose people. It's easy to lose people. But to change your mind, to change, to change the way you normally do things. Come on, I'm, I, it's a whole thing coming on here. Somebody said change. In order for us to change, we must not only be willing to enter it, but we must also be willing to maintain it. It's easy to get the gym membership. Come on, somebody. It's easy to go to the gym and sign up and say, I'm going to sign for the year. But it's hard to get up at 5 in the morning and get yourself to that gym. Come on, where my where my gym membership holders that don't even go to the gym at? <laughs> don't you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
It's easy. It's easy to start it. It's hard to keep it up. It's hard. It's hard. It's easy to lose weight. It's hard to keep it all. I know. But change is a process. Somebody say change is a process. And it's letting us know that it is not instant. We, we, we don't get up to tomorrow and say, today I'm changed. I know it's easy to declare that. We church folks, we, we got all these mantras and all these sayings. We'll say, yeah, turn around and it's all going to be different. And, and, and push your neighbor and kick the one behind you and all this other stuff. And we believe and we declare and we walk in the prophetic. But, but I'm here to tell you that I promise you that I promise you when you go home. That same devil is going to still be out there hanging out. I, I promise you that no matter how much we declare change here, your husband is the same dude you married over there. Mm-hmm, got quiet in this Presbyterian church. It's, it's, it, it, change sounds good. We're, we're about eight weeks away to starting a new year. And I bet, I bet, I know some of y'all. Y'all look like y'all ready, ready for 2022 with all these. I'm declaring 22 is going to be the year of fave and all of that good stuff. But what if it's not? <laughs> what if it's the year that God wants to process you more? The author and motivational speaker John Rowe declared, your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. In other words, we don't hope things change. I don't hope things happen. It, 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 is, it is something that we have, to, we have to put effort. Somebody say change is intentional. It is, it is intentional. It is intentional. It requires me to write down what it is that needs to be changed. It requires me to, to figure out what is the steps in order to obtain the change that I want. What do I need to do? In order to get what it is that I want to get. It is easy to declare this is what I want. The question is how you're going to get it. Come on somebody. And so it is intentional. It is purposeful. The change that I want serves a purpose. And it requires an action plan. Somebody say change requires a plan. It, it requires a step-by-step process. When, whenever, whenever, whenever people talk to me and tell me, "Well, Pastor, this is what it is," I said, "Let me, let me, let me see your, let me see your notes. Got quiet over there. Let me, let me see, let me see what, what the outline of it is, because anybody that's worth uh, 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 knows that worth anything that's worth doing is worth writing." Matter of fact, that's what God told the prophet Habakkuk. He says, write it down. Because if you don't write it, you forget it. If you don't, if you don't have it, if you don't have, if you don't have it in front of you, you'll forget that you even said that this is what you was going to change. And here's something you can rely on. Change is going to happen with you or without you. It's going to happen with you. Listen, I don't want to be 41. I was watching my young brother and, and, and the energy he was uh, uh, demonstrating as he was worshiping. And I said, I remember a day. <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, I remember a day. I can, I can do that. But, 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 but that doesn't mean that I still can operate. I just got to change the way I do it. 
I just got to change the style in which I'm doing it. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Change is going to happen with or without you. It doesn't ask permission. Change is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, change is coming. Whenever we declare that in church, you have to understand that God is not going to wait for you to get ready. He's going to do it with or without you. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you think he's a fair God. I know he's a, I know you think he's a waiting God. He's a patient God. You know, those are the mantras that we say, but God will never wait for you. God, God, God is not sitting around for you to make a decision about something that you should, that you should have believed in the moment he declared it to you. Oh, come on, come on, come on. So, so you, you're, you're here like, oh, I just, no, no, no. God is saying this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And what's required of me, what's required of you is for you to get in line with what I'm going about to do. Somebody say amen. amen. And change is going to happen. Seasons change. People change. The woman I am married to now at 41 is not the same woman that she was at 18. She's still fine, though. So fine. But we don't move as fast. We don't think the same. 41-year-old thinking is not 18-year-old thinking. Come on. 50-year-old thinking is not the same every 10 years. It just changed. It's changed. When, when, when we hooked up, we was young. And I love it when people say we still look the same. But, but I promise you, we may look it, but we're not. We're not the same. We're not the same. My priorities are different. My priorities are different. My, 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 my flow is different. My money is different. 18-year-old me was broke. You know, so, so, so change is going to happen. And, and, and we have to be willing to maintain ourselves in, in what it is that God is doing. Because in order to be effective and relevant in the kingdom of God. I must be able to adapt to the change that God is making happen even in the church. Why? Because whatever doesn't change becomes obsolete. Whatever don't change becomes obsolete. Whatever doesn't change becomes unuseful. I got an iPad in my house. I can't do nothing with it. It's a first generation iPad. No matter how much I wanted to upgrade, it ain't going nowhere. It's not going to meet the requirements of this day and age. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. It has become obsolete. It is useful for absolutely nothing except for the pictures I still have in here. So whatever doesn't change becomes obsolete. Could it be that the reason you feel useless, purposeless, obsolete, Without a goal, without a purpose, it's because you are not willing to change. Come on, Pastor. Oh, I don't, I don't like all of this change. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. And if you're not with it, then you become obsolete. And here's the truth. Life will go on without you. Ministry, come on, Pastor. It's gonna go on without you. Don't be think, don't be fooled, don't be fooled by the enemy. Oh, if I don't do nothing in this church, it'll never get done. Yes, it will. 
I promise you it will. It's better if you do it, but if you don't want to do it, I promise you there will be another. Uh, Ask Saul. Saul thought he was it, but God says, since you don't want to listen, yeah, I, I found me a man. Somebody say, don't become obsolete. And you can become obsolete in relationships. You can become obsolete in your job. You can become obsolete in your family. You, cannot become, you, be, you can become obsolete with yourself if you're not willing to change. Refusal to change will not stop change in itself. Somebody say amen. And here we have in the scriptures this story where the Bible says that many people were lame. Uh, the verse that we use said that these people were sitting, laying there. They were laying there. The blind man, the paralyzed, the weak, the wounded, the lost, the least, and the forgotten. All those people, all those broken people were hanging out together. And one of the most powerful things that you and I have is this thing called awareness. Somebody say awareness. And in order for you to change, you have to become aware. I said for, in order for you to change... The first thing that you must have is awareness. Awareness of this can't continue to be the same way. This ain't for everybody. This is just for two or three people. Somebody who's saying life can go on this way. My relationship cannot continue this way. My thinking pattern cannot continue in this way. In order for change to happen, you have to become aware of your surroundings these guys were there because they were told that an angel would come from time to time to stir up stir up the water and the first individual that would come uh, into the water will be healed will be whole of their sickness and so they were there waiting somebody said waiting nobody waits more than church people Nobody, I've been in church for many years, since the age of 14. For a long time, I hear people just waiting. How are you? I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know, the Lord called me to the mission field, but I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know, the Lord called me to pastor, but I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know, the Lord told me to start a business, but I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting. And waiting and waiting. And the Bible is specific to say for 38 years this man has been in this condition. Now, I don't know how long he's waiting, but I'm going to assume he waited a year. He probably waited two. He probably waited four. I don't know how long you've been waiting. Look at your neighbor and say, how long you've been waiting? How long you've been waiting? I'm waiting, I'm just waiting, Pastor, I'm just waiting. Listen, 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 listen. They were waiting for change in the environment. They were waiting for something to happen around them in order to take action. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some people will never act on change until they feel it. I, don't want, I'm, I just don't feel it right now. I just, I just, mm. the other day, I don't know why this popped up, but I just, <laughs> we was in New York and, and we saw somebody we, we know for a while, and, and we just recently found out she got engaged. And my wife said, 
Well, when is the wedding? She says, I don't know. I just don't feel it. I'm glad she spoke to her, not to me, because I'm a little bit more loose with my mouth than her. <laughs> Hello. I said, there's somebody in line waiting for this dude to come. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. But I don't want to be single either. But I just don't feel it. Come on, let me just. Um, I don't feel it will always keep you away from God's purpose in your life. Nobody feels like praying. Oh, come on. Y'all don't want to say it. I'm, I'm talking true. Nobody, 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 nobody gets up in the morning talking about at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pray right now. Nobody feels that. I don't feel that. I could, I've been in church for a long time. I've been a pastor for a long time. I don't feel like it. But I know it's required of me if I want to be. Can I be honest? I know, I know, I know y'all think that we're spiritual all the time and I don't feel like reading the Bible all the time. I want to be like you. I want to Netflix and chill. I want to I want to I want to just sit in the sofa and chill out sometime. I want to lay back and, and and I wish it was that whatever I asked for the Lord. No, no, but there's some things that God requires of me and he says if you're going to walk in my purpose, if you're going to walk in my will, I require you to do some things. And they were waiting, they were waiting for everything to line up. Can you imagine? What that's like. You should. You're church folks. Church folks know what this is. We be just waiting. We just waiting for revival. We're waiting for the glory. We're waiting for this. We're waiting for the preacher because, oh, my God, when that preacher comes, listen, it's just another level. When the preacher comes, when the singer comes, when that person comes, y'all know how y'all do. This is that God moves when they sing. It's just when God moves when they preach. It's just, it's, it's, and I'm just waiting. I'm just, it's going to be a glorious service because somebody's going to come and stir me up. Somebody's going to stir me up. I promise you there's somebody in this room right now thinking he ain't preaching as hard as he was preaching last week. The last time he was here, I mean. I am, you just don't see it. I'm in need. Have you ever spoken to people that they always need a stir up? They always need you to, to, to agitate them. They don't do nothing unless you don't stir them up. And here they are waiting. Somebody said waiting. Religious people can wait. We can wait a long time for something to happen. But look at what Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4 says in the New Living Transla um, Translation. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. The reason why you and I are not harvesting what we're expecting is because we're waiting for the right moment. The, the, the process of change means that I'm going to begin something even, even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow here 
even though I don't see the harvest yet. I'm going to work here even, even though I don't, I don't see the result. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in, I'm going to pray even though I don't see the results of my prayer. I'm going to fast even though I don't see the results of my fasting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in the work even though, come on, come on. I'm going to work out even though every time you stand in front of that mirror, you don't see nothing. You're like, oh my God, when this thing is, when this, when this thing is. But I promise you if you, if you, if you work long enough and you, and you stay in the process long enough, you'll begin to see you begin to see that seed sprout out. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? And in order, listen, in order for change to happen, some many times, many times, you, you cannot wait. You have to be the creator of the change that you want to happen. In other words, in other words, if you want a better relationship, you got to put the investment. If, if I want a better relationship with my children, that requires of me to change my mindset. It, it's, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because our children, my daughter is in her 20s and my son is in his, he's going to be 18. And so, so, so they're not, they're not kids anymore. So, so, so I can't, I can't carry them like I used to. I can't, I can't, there's certain things that I would do to them when they were at that stage. I can't hold my son like that no more. I would want to, but, 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 but his body has changed. You know, now he's about this tall. He could probably hold me like that. But I want a better relationship with them, so it requires for me to change how I approach them. Oh, so some of us are struggling with our children because you think that what you used to do it's still effective now. And they're letting you know, mm -mm. It, it doesn't, mm -mm. Uh -uh. it doesn't happen. So I have to change how I speak to them. I have to change how I work with them. I have to change how I respond to them. Sometimes that requires for me to be quiet. Come on. So change, so if I want effectiveness, then I got to change. I have to create the change that I want. Who am I speaking to this morning? I don't get along with the people in my job. You need to change that. You over here praying for God to fire them. God says, no, I need you to suck it up. I just gave the teacher and I'm leaving. I need you to I need you to change the atmosphere. So 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 oh man, I don't got time. So you have to be you have to be you have to be determined to do whatever it takes in order to receive the change that you want to see in whatever area of your life. Your money, I promise you, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna mess you up. No matter how much you tie, your money ain't gonna change. Unless your mind changes with the Oh, my God. Some of y'all said, but pastor told me if I get my 10, that I will be getting blessed. But you spend your 80. <laughs> you have to do whatever it takes. Somebody say do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get what the result that you want, you have to do whatever it takes. And here's the thing about change. Change is a risk. 
changes the risk. Because even though I change my approach with my children, that doesn't mean that they're going to receive it. Even though I change, even see, and that's the thing. Even though I go to my job, say, good morning, good morning, how are you? Good morning, can I help you? Can I serve you? Can I do this? That doesn't mean they're going to look at me any different than they did yesterday. Because you was acting a fool for such a long time that it requires a long time for them to change. Oh, 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 what happened here? What happened here? So it's going to take a period. The, 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 it's going to take work and effort. And if that requires a risk, it may require for you to do something that other people are not doing. It may require for you to behave in a way that is abnormal for you. Because everybody knows how you are. But I got to change. Somebody say, I got to change. I got to change. I know you like flipping off people when you're in the car, but that requires for you to change. Come on. The whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm here to tell you. The whole gospel of Jesus Christ. I know, I know, I know. They told you. They told you. You accept Jesus Christ. He comes into your heart and you're a brand new person. But your old habits are still there. Your old self. I promise you, you know I'm right. Your old self is still there. It's just that now it has been it's been. Put in a position where you can dominate. Somebody say, I'm going to dominate. Let me hurry up because my time is running out. Change requires you to believe and have faith when those around you don't have the faith or the belief that things will change. It may require one of the things, one of the things that, you know, when we moved here in Florida, we went through. Oh, oh my God, the seasons we went through. We lost friends. We lost money. We, we lost living. We, we, ooh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, not y'all. It's over here. She heard me. Everybody over there, they, good times all the time. I want to hang out with them because the Lord is on their side. <laughs> but oh my God, what transitions. I'm, I'm, I'm messing up the camera, girl. Let me stay right here. You don't say nothing to me. It's pointy. It, it, it is painful to have to go in through the process of change. Listen, the Bible says they were waiting. They were waiting for a day when they were living in the day. What am, they were waiting for a day when they were living in a day. What do you mean, Pastor? They were waiting for an angel to come and stir this water and here's Jesus walking around. I wonder, I wonder if they heard of the testimonies. I wonder if they were hearing in that little group about this man that was healing people in other cities. I wonder. Because at, the, at some point if I hear that something is happening, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get there. Here they are waiting for a day to happen, to occur. I'm waiting for the day when they were living in the day. Somebody says, I'm living in the day. In the day. The reason why you're living in the day, because what's good about change is change is something that can happen the moment you are determined to do it for real. Okay. All right. The moment you determine in your mind and in your heart that this is what's going to happen, I promise you, when you get serious enough, 
when you get tired enough, when you get fed up enough, when you say enough is enough. The problem is that most of us are not tired of the situation that we're in. Which is why when Jesus shows up to him, Jesus asked him the question, are you willing to be whole? Are you willing to be healed? It's a ridiculous question, Jesus. What do you think we're doing here? What do you think we're doing here? We're not standing here for show. I couldn't tell because your behavior doesn't match. That's why, that's, that's what it is, Pastor. Some people are good confessing. I'll, I'll confess it. But their actions don't meet their confession. That's why we, we don't, we don't, we don't, you, you're shaky. And that's why we don't trust your word. Because you're shaky. You're shaky. You're shaky. You're shaky with your decision makings. You're shaking with your, with your investment. You're shaky in your relationship. You're shaky. And because you're shaky, we don't trust you. So Jesus asked the question, are you serious about this? Because your attitude has to be in a line with what you're saying. Your behavior has to be in a line. Oh, I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard. It's, 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 I suck the air right out the room. You know, I'm, I, I want to be faithful. You, you, really? Because it ain't that hard to be faithful. But Jesus asked him the question. Do you want to be healed? Because your response must match your behavior. And we go back to the awareness. Jesus says, how long have you been like that? Jesus knew, how, how, how long, how long have you been doing the things that you're doing? Because here's the reality of things, is everybody here, I promise you, you may not agree with me, you might not say amen, you may not even want to believe it, but everybody here knows what are the actions that are there that you are doing that is keeping you from the promises of God. Everybody here has an awareness. You pray to God, I don't know what's happening, God. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. You do. You know what are the decisions that you're doing. You know what is going through your mind. You know what's in your heart. You're trying to, you know, and I, can I say this? My wife, my wife was coming over here. She was telling me, she was telling me, you know, you know, you've changed on me. That's what she said to me. She said, because, I'm going to tell you why she said it. I don't care. We're online. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. It's people, you know, whatever. She tells me. I, I told her the other day, like, uh, 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 two, Thursday, I told her, my job, my job, some people are dressing up for Halloween, right? So I told her, I said, I think I might just put a shirt or something. And she said, oh, that's celebrating Halloween. I said, let me tell you something. If I'm going to hell, it's not because of Halloween. Oh, no, 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 I'm serious. So when we were coming over here, she says, you're changing on me. You, you know, because I said, I was just going to put on a shirt. I wasn't going to, you know, whatever. She says, she says, do you think that it's wrong to celebrate Halloween? I said, let me tell you something. I'm going to be real honest with you guys. Can I be real honest with you guys? I said, we are hypocrites. 
because we will bash Halloween one day of the year. Halloween is celebrated. And I get it, all the demons and all. Listen, I come from Santeria. You can't convince me of anything. I know what's what. I know what's what. I said, but I promise you, let me tell you something, we will bash, we will smash every Christian about Halloween, and yet you walk around with hate all year long. Nobody said nothing to me. Nobody said nothing to me. You're talking about Halloween and you got a lustful heart and all you do is be on porn. Nobody said nothing to me. If I'm going to hell, it ain't going to be for Halloween. It's going to be because I don't got no love in my heart. It's going to be because I'm quitting. Now, please don't, don't misunderstand the theology. I understand the concept. I understand all of that. I just think that we're hypocrite that we will do a whole Bible study for three months about Halloween and yet you are preaching and you have hate in your heart and you think you're going to heaven. The Bible is clear that if you don't change your heart, I don't care how holy you look, you are going to hell. That's good Pentecostal preaching. So, 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 so we got all these people, and I'm like, no, 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 no. There are things far worse. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go to hell for a shirt. It wasn't going to be an ugly shirt. It was going to be, it was going to be a bad shirt. I promise Jason or none of that was going to be on it. I said, but I promise you, if I'm going to hell, it ain't going to be because of, of a shirt. It's going to be because I didn't change my heart when God told me change it. It's going to be because I had, I had bitterness. Come on, y'all don't want to talk to me. Y'all don't want to talk to me. We, we religious folk, will you really be whole? Do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to live in the purposes of God? Yes, oh Lord Jesus, here I am, here I am. Uh, 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 I'm trying to remember one of them in the song, songs I can't remember right now. Jesus. There, there you go. I give myself. You lying wonder. You lying wonder. Because here you are still holding on to what somebody did to you 25 years ago. Here, here you are. Here you are. She better not talk to me because I promise you if she looks at me this way, it's going to be on and popping in the outside church. Where are you going? Who am I preaching to? I've been in church a long time. I know. I know what I'm talking about. I know. I've been in church. I preached on the altar. I preached on the altar and hated my in-laws. I've, I've been on the altar. I've been. I can, I can testify now because I promise you right now, and my wife is a winner. My in-laws love me, and I love every single one of them. You would never have known that. But for years I preached on the altar about the coming of Jesus Christ. And here I am. I couldn't stand them. And they couldn't stand me. And I wish they would. And one day my man of God told me, how's your in-laws? I said, I don't talk to them people. He says, you're a foolish man. You're a lying one. There ain't no truth in you. You're going to hell. Get off the altar. He says, you, you, you got to change. Okay, I don't know who was that for, but let's keep going. Well, you, you really want to change? See, the, the, the problem with change is that change, change is necessary in the inside. 
most of us are trying to change the outside before we change the inside. Your, your problem is not the people that you are with. The problem is you. I can't find a good man. That's because you attract bad men. I can't, I, can't, I can't find a woman. I can't find a good woman. Let me go to the other side. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. What did I do? What did I do? You, you ever wonder that you, you attract, listen, you attract what you are. Yeah, you didn't want to say nothing now. You attract. I don't understand. Everybody's toxic around me. That's because you're toxic and you attract toxic people. That's what was in that corner. The Bible said it. He says all the lame and the blind and the paralytic, all these people were together. They were hanging out. They were having a hissy fit. They were always complaining. You need to stop hanging around with people that act the same way as you and start act going to people and say, you know what? You, oh, my God. Listen, 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 listen. I'm going to give you, because I like to add things to the story so it can make sounds profound. My wife has a coworker. He's not going to watch this, so we good. No, 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 profound, profound. He was a guy, listen, listen, he was a guy, works with her, having issues, a little lazy. But they've been having, talking. Last Friday, before he left work, he turns around and says, Lysandra, he says, I think I'm ready to be a leader. Out of the blue. You know what that tells me? He's aware of the situation that he's in and he's determined to change his outcome. That's why Jesus asked him, are you really willing? Why? Because look at that response. He says, I ain't got nobody to help me. I don't got nobody. He says, listen, Jesus, I would like to be healed. I would like to be restored, but I don't have nobody to help me. How often that is a true statement for us. We will not change because nobody's there to help us. I don't got nobody. I don't got nobody. I don't got nobody. I don't got nobody. Nobody here. Nobody. Everything is a problem. Everything is an issue. The people that I hang out with, this, that, and the other. And we always blame the lack of change on the outside. He says, I don't got nobody to help me out. You know, look, look, those people got somebody. Those people got somebody. Those people got somebody. 38 years. I imagine that somebody brought them there. Who left them? Somebody had to have brought them there. Who left them? Who left you? That you're so miserable now that you're not willing to take the next step because they're not with you. Jesus says, will you be healed? I know, I know, I know, I got it. Listen, you've been mistreated, you've been hurt, you've been broken. Preaching to the choir. Will you be whole now? Will you change now? Will you enter into the purposes of God now? I don't got nobody to help me. 
But I thank God that each and every one of us have a little fight in us. It has to be the reason why Jesus went to him and not everybody else. Because he told Jesus the reason why he hasn't been healed yet. I don't have nobody to help me. But the text says that he tells Jesus, but while I am coming. And that changed the whole story for me. Because something about his story tells me that even though he had nobody with him, pastor, he was dragging himself to the water. I came to talk to the two or three that dragged themselves to church. To the two or three that dragged themselves. You know, you drag yourself. You got to drag yourself to get dressed. You drag yourself to put on a smile. You drag yourself. I'm here to tell you, God says, your dragging is not in vain. Your dragging has caused God to look at you with favor and grace. And he asks you, will you be whole today? Today. Somebody say today. He says, Jesus, while I am coming. In other words, I know I don't have nobody with me. I know I'm paralyzed and I know it's been a long time, but I'm still dragging myself. I'm still making an effort. I'm talking to somebody who is still making an effort. The fact that you are still in church is an effort. The fact that you made it here is still an effort. We don't take that lightly. You dragged yourself here. There were many days, many days, many days where we dragged ourselves to church. We drag. Can I tell you there were days, there were days that I didn't even want to preach, but I dragged myself to preach. And I preached myself out of my, my, my little pity party. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, because you're dragging yourself, he says, stand up. It's just that simple. He says, I'm here and I'm telling you, get up. Now the text doesn't say nobody helped him. The text says he got up. <laughs> After 38 years of not being able to stand up on his own, Jesus gives him one, gives him one word. One word is all you need. One word is all you need. Listen, don't believe the hype church. Sometimes with religious folks, we're looking for the, the, the astronomical. We're looking, for, we're looking for the craziness. And I get it. I enjoy services when they're wild just like anybody else. But there are some moments, like the one I just experienced just a few minutes ago. Where I told God something in my heart. I said, God, I need you to turn around. And just like that, he responded through one worship song. He says, even though you don't see it, I'm working. What am I trying to say? One word. That's what the prophet Elijah went through. He saw the fire. He saw, he felt the, 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 the earthquake. He, and God said, I'm not there. I'm, 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 I'm trying to whisper. You're waiting for the craziness. You're waiting to feel something in the atmosphere. You're waiting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're waiting for You want to feel something in order for something to happen. And God says, you don't need to feel it to believe that it occurred. See, it got quiet because I know what I'm talking about. We are looking. We are looking. We are looking 
to feel to we want to see it we want we want something to magically happen in the atmosphere in the job in the in me i want to be able and god is saying it's not like that he says all you got to do is get up all you need is one word from god not 20 i don't need 20 prophets i just need one word from god and just like that in after 38 years, he says, get up. And basically what Jesus was telling him is change your posture. Change your posture. Change your posture. Change your posture. Stop looking at things from down here. He says, when you look down here, all you see is feet. When you're down here, all you're looking at is people stepping over you. He says, change your posture. My visual, my visual down here is not the same as up here. He says, if you would just get yourself up, if you would just square your shoulders, if you would just lift up your head, if you would just comb your hair, if you would just dress yourself, if you would just show up, come on. Some of the change that we require is just showing up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's just showing up. It's just showing up. Every day I'm showing up. I'm showing up in my marriage. I'm showing up in my relationship with my children. I'm showing up. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know this. I know that. But just show up. And he got up. And once he got up, he says, now. See, when you was laying on it, you couldn't hold it. He says, but now that you're up, go ahead and grab that thing. Grab that thing that had you bound. Grab that thing that had you bound. Grab that thing that had you looking at the wrong direction. And he was able to carry it because you was never meant to be bound. You was always meant to be loose. You was always meant to live in freedom. Nothing should have a hold of you. But you should have a hold of everything. He said in Genesis chapter 1, he says, and I will give you dominion. Somebody say dominion. He says, but while you're sitting on it, comfortable, he says, you can't do nothing with that. He says, get up and grab it. Take a hold of it, and I'm done. When he finds them later on, he finds them in the church, out of all places. And he says, check this out. Letting me know, pastor, he says, don't sin no more. In other words, the result of his being, of him being paralyzed was his fault. Not nobody else's. It was his fault. He says, don't sin no more. So you don't have to go back to the same scenario. reason why you keep repeating is because you keep doing the foolish things that you're that you're doing got quiet he says if nothing changes nothing changes he says if you continue to think the way you think nothing changes if you continue to speak the way you speak nothing changes if you continue to hold in your heart what you've been holding in your heart 
nothing in change. I don't care how many prophets pray for you. I don't care how glorious the service is. I don't care how many times you dance in the Holy Spirit and how many tongues and languages in the angelic realm you speak. You will always be that same individual until you stop doing what you're doing. Somebody say change. And that only happens when you answer the question, will you be whole? Stand on your feet. I'm done. I got to go. What is it that you're going through that you can't let go of? What is your thinking pattern that you're struggling with? What is it? What is it? What is it? Every eyes closed, every head bowed, every heart open. We all have something for many years, for many years, for many years. My wife and I, we struggled with guilt and shame. Even as pastors, we were dealing with the shame and the guilt of something we foolishly did. And we could never receive or see the blessings of God because we were just held by our actions. And the truth is, come on, some of us are guilty of the very thing people are talking about us. And that's okay. That's okay. Admitting guilt is good when it's in the hands of the right people. And it was not until we were able to release that it was not until we were able to say, that's it, enough is enough. I made my mistake. I recognized my mistake. I confessed my mistake, and I'm done with. And it was then when then we began to see the blessings of the Lord and the doors open. And things began to happen for us that had not happened in a long time. Because we changed the way we think. And let me tell you, from time to time, it'll creep up. From time to time, that enemy would try to get you, trip you up and say, hey, you remember? I do remember, but I also remember the time Jesus healed me. I also remember the time he said, it is forgiven. Grab it and go. It's yours no more. Come on, somebody. So I'm here to speak to somebody. Not for everybody. Because some of you are walking on clouds. And you see the glory of God. But some of us were waiting for God. God, what is it that's happening that I haven't been able to take the next step? For every step you take, there's a change that has to require, that's required of you. I just moved from a position. I just moved from a position. Start a new one tomorrow. Whatever I knew in my previous position no longer goes with me in this position. I have to have a new mindset. I have to have a new attitude. I have to find out how to deal with people from a different perspective because I dealt with them in this side in one way, but now I'm dealing with them in another way. You feel me? And so now I'm going into a learning process of how to change how I think, how I change the way I prepare myself, how I, how I, how I get things right in order to be effective as a leader in this role. I feel like God is speaking to you. He's telling you, you're ready, you're ready to step into the newness of what he has for you, but it requires a change.
If that is you, come to the altar. Just run. Just say, Lord, here I am. I told you this ain't, this ain't nothing about the supernatural crazy stuff. And not that I'm against it. I'm in favor of it. But some of it, it's just a matter of letting it go. And no, no prayer, no prayer, no, no, nothing we can do here will help that except you. You're the only one that can say, here it is, God. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to change my attitude. I know, you've been, I know you've been all of that for a long time. But this is a season where God says, I need you to be quiet. No matter what happens, I need you to stay shut. No matter how much they clap, I need you to stay quiet. Come on. Whatever the season, tell God, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to stay in it. Would you raise your hands right there where you're at? We're going to pray for these individuals here. We're declaring that they will have the strength and the power to surrender whatever it is that they have to surrender. Because only they know and only they can do it. You are here Touching every heart I worship you Come on, begin to speak to God. I worship. Begin to speak to God. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship. Yes, Lord. You are here. Come on, lift up your hands right there where you're at. Sometimes the change you need is to be able to lift up your hands even though you don't feel like it. To open up your mouth even when you don't feel like it. To worship even when you don't feel like it. Your breakthrough is in that thing that you don't even feel like it. Come on. We sing. We make a miracle work. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on. Not in the darkness, yes. my God, that is who you are. Sing it out, sing it out. Rainmaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Not in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, you are a way maker. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. In the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Father, I pray for every person that's under the sound of my voice and those that are here at the altar. That I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that they have to give up, whatever it is they have to let go, whatever it is that they have to change, Whatever it is, Father God, they'll do it in the name of Jesus. This is a personal decision that they have to make, Father God. I can't pray it for them. I can't push it out of them. But the fact that they've come to the altar, God, it's an indication that they had enough with the thing that they're dealing with. They've had enough with their situation. They had enough with their struggle. They had enough with this battle. And in the name of Jesus, they release it on the altar. 
they release their thinking, they release their feelings, they release their hurt, they release their pain, they release their guilt, they release.